1: Hey everyone, welcome to Roundball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, December 29th, and that means this is your 4x5 episode Four writers from NBC Sports Edge for five minutes each. We will look at some recent standout performances, including Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I've said that name before, Franz Wagner and Omer Yurtsevin, and the fantasy impact of each of those, plus a notable name we are ready to move on from in fantasy leagues. All of that and more is coming up in the next 20 minutes. As we bring in after a week hiatus, he's back on Wednesday. Ryan Canales. Ryan, good day.
0: Good day, Matt. I believe I'm going to talk about the aforementioned player. We're ready to move on from, right?
1: That's correct. And what a what an incredible transition to just get
0: this thing rolling. <laughs> just just to jump right in, the the name everyone's in suspense now. Who are we talking about? Who could well, it be? It's RJ. <laughs> it's RJ Barrett, in fact. Who? has just been flat out bad this season. He is coming off a game in which he was excellent in the fourth quarter, earned some praise from Tom Thibodeau. The minutes were down again. It was due to foul trouble. Minutes have been down the past couple of games just due to, you know, long layoff from COVID, that type of thing. Now, I have held RJ Barrett in one league. It's a deeper league. The waiver wire is usually picked pretty thin. So every time I've gone to move on from him, there's just nothing that compelling. And the upside, you know, the the potential keeps dazzling me and and forcing me to keep him on my roster, even through his stint um, protocols, which was deadly because, of course, I already had other players in my IL spots. Point being, right? I'm looking back at my fantasy roster, and I would be in a better position this season had I had a blank spot in my roster. Yeah. And when I when you can say that about a player, is okay? So what am I doing here? Why am I still holding this guy if it's just pure? potential. So to me no longer worth it because the supporting stats are not there, right? He's averaging, you know, not nearly enough assists, rebounds, s- defensive stats. He's getting some three-pointers, but he's down on a per minute basis in scoring, assists and steals on top of the fact that he's a bottom 20 player according to Basketball Monster in shooting sub 40 percent on 13 plus attempts per game he's also a bottom 10 player among non-big men for free throw shooting 70.3 percent on almost you know three and a half attempts so he is simply destroying you in the sub zero categories as we like to to call them the ones where you can actively go below zero and start damaging fantasy teams and the the other supporting stats are not there so I guess having laid all that out, do you feel similarly or do you still feel there's a case because the minutes are going to come up, he's probably going to find his groove. But even when he does, I'm thinking top 80 is his ceiling, not worth holding on to an anchor any longer. I'm done.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I was never drafting Barrett in any of my leagues. That's been the case for the past couple of seasons. Wise man. I think we're so quick to look at points that you see the 14.6 points per game, 5.4 rebounds, you know, 1.8 threes. You're thinking surely this guy has some value in fantasy, but 0.4 steals, 0.3 blocks, and the percentages below 40 from the field and 70 from the free throw line. It's when I was preparing my notes on Barrett and when you told me you want to talk about him, I wrote, it's a trap, Ryan, it is a trap. Do not, Mm. you can get your 14 Mm -hmm. and a half points elsewhere because that is not even that big of a number, you know? And you can get your 1.8 threes elsewhere. And otherwise, what are you getting other than major damage in a bunch of categories? So, yes, I'm, I'm fully out. I think you can drop him and move on, even if he starts absolutely rolling. And I'll be curious to hear Raf's thoughts on this because he is a Knicks fan and he's had some interesting facial expressions this whole time while we've been talking about this. <laughs> even if he gets absolutely rolling, I, I don't think the upside is so high that you have to worry about it thank
0: you all right I'm, I'm glad to have that
1: yeah you're you're absolved so, yes. Supported. Go, yes go yes. forward
0: sprinkle some some water on me through the screen i appreciate that i i will go forward with your blessing and cu- 90
1: seconds left we have one more player oh, all right
0: about. all right so basically the polar opposite i want to talk about herb jones pelicans rookie this guy is great he's got across the board value is providing the supporting stats that we just talked about You know, 14 point whatever points for Barrett is basically the equivalent of like 0.8 steals. It's not getting there. Whereas Herb Jones in December is averaging 0.8 steals, but he's also getting 10 or almost 11 points on 48% shooting, four and a half boards, two dimes, one and a half blocks. That's key. And he's hitting some triples Mm -hmm. or 48% from the field, 42% from deep. 80% from the line in December. And he's on a bad team, a rookie who's versatile, who just stepped up last night in the absence of Brandon Ingram and was a lead scorer for this team. Something he may not be able to do routinely, but he's got it in him. He's efficient. He's a defensive monster. So I I, I love him. I think his role is only going to increase their short-term value and rest of season potential. Go get him.
1: There's a lot of Herb Jones love in the private chat here from Raf and from Jared. And I, I agree. Nice. <laughs> you had you didn't even mention that he's a lefty, which is fun as well. But yeah, Her, Herb Jones is impressive. Are we sure we're calling him Herb and not Herbert? I feel like you see Herbert on a lot of like pages. Do we know what he prefers? It's Herb. I'm being told it's Herb. Confirmed. Okay. Anyways, go. yeah, I'm on board, and I think Brandon Ingram obviously is among the uh, more that came in hot. Among the more alarming shutdown candidates. So I think if you have Ingram on your roster, you owe it to yourself to roster Herb no matter what. And I think you're rostering Herb if you don't have Ingram on your roster, if that makes sense. It didn't.
0: My final word will just be, if you have RJ Barrett and Herb Jones is available, cut Barrett and pick up Jones. There you go. Nicely summed up.
1: Okay. Ryan, thank you for your time. Thanks, man. Uh, Raph is here. Raph? Raph? We had a couple players to talk about. I feel like we almost have to very quickly get your RJ Barrett reaction, though. Do you have anything to add, rebut, support? What are your thoughts on Barrett quickly?
2: Ryan wasn't wrong. Like I had RJ on my on a couple of DFS rosters early, earlier this year, and I told myself I'll never do it again. So, yeah, I, I have no arguments with what Ryan said. He hit the nail on the head, and I think... Maybe we should kind of segue into my second player because I did want to talk about a Knicks rookie that may factor into things. And that would be Quentin Grimes. Hate to bring up a bad memory for you Hawks fans, but he looked good on Christmas Day. 15 points, five three-pointers, two rebounds, two assists, two triples. Had another good game uh, last night against the Timberwolves. Played 31 minutes, 11-2-2-1-1 with three three three-pointers. And I'm starting to get intrigued here. Like, I don't think he's a guy that you have to rush out and pick up right now because Tom Thibodeau can be a little bit overly reliant on veterans, as we've seen in some instances, when they shouldn't be playing as much as they currently are. So I'm kind of worried about Grimes moving forward. Is he going to get 25 minutes, 31 minutes as he has the last two games? I'm not sure. But he got a second game of a back-to-back tonight against the Pistons. So, that minimum he might be worth taking a flyer on, the low cost DFS guy. But in terms of like a long term fantasy roster, I kind of think he's someone to just track right now as opposed to pick up.
1: It's interesting. It, it's almost like Raff, and I don't want to overstate this Tom Thibodeau doesn't really know what he wants to do with this rotation. I'll just throw the name <laughs> Kemba Walker out there as one recent example. Yeah. Might be mm-hmm. a little bit of indecision here, but I, I do think Grimes is officially intriguing. Yeah. And, you know, he was out, and before that, he played 40 minutes in his prior to those 25 mm-hmm. and 31 minutes. And I think that was a game where the Knicks were wildly shorthanded, where he had 27 points. Yeah, he went for 27. He man. looks like he's ready to produce when given the chance. And you got to like the steals as well. As much as we have complained about Emmanuel quickly not getting steals, uh, Quentin Grimes looks like potentially a steals guy in a small sample size. So, agreed. Interesting. Right, well, enough with the yeah. appetizer. Let's get to the main course. And okay.
2: I think okay, I'm ready. You know, we've maybe talked about Rookie of the Year conversations on here in the past, and it's mainly focused on Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes, with good reason. You know, those guys have been really good all season long, but Franz Wagner probably deserves a little bit more chatter than he's received, you know, in terms of, like, general basketball circles. Last night, he went off, career-high 38 points. Uh, the Magic have been shorthanded pretty much all year, you know, waiting for guys to get back from long-term injuries. Now you have health and safety protocol issues. He started every game that they played, played about a little over 32 minutes a game. You're getting eighth-round value in nine-cap for the season. He's been fifth-round over the last week, with the short team being even more shorthanded than they already were. I did some investigating on points bet, and they have him at plus 1,000 odds to win Ricky of the Year, which is fourth, behind Mobley, Barnes, and Cade Cunningham. I think it might be a good opportunity to possibly, you know, look to earn yourself a little lunch money come season awards time because he's looked really good. He's been consistent and he's responsible for three of the top five scoring outings by rookies this season. So Franz Wagner, there's a lot to like there, and I think he's only going to get better so long as he can avoid that injury bug. That's been an issue down there in Orlando for quite some time now.
1: Yeah, and by the way, we don't have a betting guest on today's show, so I'm glad that you are able to bring us some some betting content. (laughs) And and to the point of him getting better as the season goes on, he went scoreless against those Milwaukee Bucks back on November 22nd, about five weeks ago. Since then, he's been at 19 points per game, 5.6 rebounds, three and a half dimes, 1.1 steals, half a block, 1.2 threes, shooting almost 47 from the field and 85 from the line. And, I mean... Scoring in a, in a variety of ways, he's a bunch of weird euro steps and floaters, and scoring yeah. over Giannis a couple times on Tuesday night, uh, directly over Giannis, basically one on one. So Wagner's impressive. So I'm, I'm fully with you. I'm I have him in a couple of leagues that I really care about, and in another league that I care about, I traded him to Jared for Will Barton. And I'm you want that one back, huh? Not too happy. For him. <laughs> I want it back. I want it back. I'm. I'm bit I'm bitter about it. I think my thought at the time was, well, I have Wagner in a couple of leagues. I don't really have Barton anywhere. Maybe I'll like, mm-hmm. you know, switch things up a little bit, but it's bad thinking. It happens. Shaky thinking. <laughs> it happens. It happens. I mean, I don't even know. He's so solid he's so solid and steady. I there's 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 not you know, we talk about rookies being inconsistent and we have about twenty seconds left here before the, the alarm's gonna go off. He just is a kind of a headache-free fantasy player, which is so rare for a rookie. And my only takeaway is I, I think we overlooked him for some reason because of the other rookies mm-hmm. on Orlando's roster, the other young guys, but we ignored the draft pick that was invested in this guy. A lot of us I, did not I definitely agree with that. So I guess, you know, don't overlook those. Make sure no lottery, lottery picks are slipping through the cracks in your fantasy drafts, I guess, which is kind of what happened here. Yeah. I was waiting
2: for that, son. <laughs> All right, Raf. You can
1: probably tell. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'll talk to you. Okay. See Thank ya. you. We have two more guests to go, but first we're going to take a very quick break.
3: Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference.
1: Give the gift of NBC Sports Edge Plus this holiday season. Get 15% off annual subscriptions when you use the code HOLIDAY15 at checkout. This offer turns to coal on December 31st, so visit NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus today. And remember, all of our premium tools for fantasy, DFS, and betting are included in one low Edge Plus subscription. Also, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA Pick and Roll contest for a chance to win 50 $1000 this week we're highlighting matchups between the Clippers and Celtics, Lakers and Grizzlies and Knicks and Pistons. So if you don't have the Predictor app, yet download it now. As we bring in the Stonebreaker, Brad Stonebreaker, Brad, what's up?
4: Not much, Matt. I honestly, I'm feeling a little betrayed by Ryan at the moment because he tried to trade me RJ Barrett like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so I'm going to have to give him a little hard time wow. for doing so, but I, I'll, wow. prob- I'll probably end up forgiving him, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah,
1: I, I think you got to watch out. Watch out. I, I'm, I don't want to speak ill of our colleague, but you got to watch out for that guy in fantasy leagues. Uh, of course. He's so. a Nice guy in real life, but but potentially a snake in a fantasy league. So <laughs> Jared just, just said, out.
4: "Jared just said sneaky snake." So yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, for, a, as nice as Ryan is outwardly facing in the real world, in a fantasy league, he will stab you directly in the back. So no mercy. Th- those are my words, Ryan. Feel free to, you know, refute me there. All right, what what do, you, what do you want to talk about, Brad?
4: Yeah, sure. You actually mentioned both guys in the intro here, but I'm going to start with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I'll probably butcher that at least once during this. So I'll probably just go with SGA for everyone's sake. I <laughs> know, it's really Yeah, it's not, not
1: that hard. It's not that yeah, hard. it's really just not hard, talking I'll still probably butcher it.
4: Anyway, <laughs> reigning Western Conference Player of the Week. Started his week last night with 33 points, five boards, five assists. And honestly, he's been so good lately that this was arguably his worst game over his last five or so, because he shot nine of 24, no defensive stats, but Hmm. he's, he's been picking it up. He's been top 50 both over the past week and two weeks. And the shooting still isn't incredible, but he's still 5% below his career average with more than half the season to go to pick that up. And he's a really efficient guard. Generally, I think he's at 47% for his career, which is really good for, especially a guy that takes shots like he does. He's starting to pick up the defensive stats a bit more. He's never a huge defensive guy, but I, th- I think they're coming as long as he's involved. And as long as Josh Giddy's out as well, he's in protocols, he, he might have a, a little more upside there. There may have been a little buy low window in there like a, a week or so ago, but I think now even with the shooting having room to improve, I, I think that's closed closed shut pretty pretty completely. So my question, we always worry about the Thunder in their million draft picks and their lack of eagerness to win games and we saw it happen last year he was hurt but it was more or less just a shutdown are we worried about an sga shutdown going forward for the 14th place thunder
1: absolutely i mean i think that you all always have to worry about that in oklahoma city i think you'd be i think you'd be naive to say no i'm not worried about it at all i mean i don't think that means that you have to panic and trade him away from your fantasy team but i think you have to have eyes open that that's a possibility. So my yeah. one thing I think is interesting about SGA is the shooting which you mentioned. So he's at for the season he's at 42% from the field and just 28% on threes. Lately he's been better, 44% in December from the field but shooting 23% on threes in December and I I I admit I don't watch the Thunder as much as I watch some other teams, but I do feel like every time I put the Thunder on (laughs) League Pass, I'm I'm watching I immediately see SGA take like a difficult step back three. I feel a little bit like he's fallen in love with the step back a little bit. And I wonder and I was looking at his shot chart this morning. There are a lot of deep threes. I'm just wondering if shot selection is playing into this a little bit and that's why we're not seeing, you know, a guy who shot fifty one percent last year and forty two percent on threes why we're seeing those numbers be down and not to say he's going to shoot 28% on threes all year, but I just am a little, I I, I think maybe that, that's my opinion. Not having watched every thunder game. That That's a theory.
4: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on the same page. I, you brought up a good point with the threes. I think if he makes like seriously, like one more game and gets his percentage up, even, even like 35%, I think that would be absolutely huge. And of course that would help his overall field goal percentage. Yeah. And he, he might not take the best shots, but then you see backtrack like th- this season alone, he hit that logo shot against the Lakers and then mm-hmm. that that foul hunting shot against the Pelicans a while back when Devontae Graham hit the three quarter court. And then he had a game winner against Memphis not even a week ago, I think. So he, he has the clutch gene, but I don't, if, if he's taking shots like that in the second quarter of the game, that's probably not beneficial for <laughs> the Thunder or anyone who rosters Shea.
1: Yeah, well, it, and, yeah, I don't mean to cut you off, but I mean, the thing is, no, no. in fantasy, the good news is it doesn't really matter that much. I mean, 40 if you're shooting 28% on threes, when 44 from the field, which he's been doing lately, the counting stats he's getting you, it's all fine, you know? Yeah. I, I'd be more worried about the shutdown concern than, than the shooting at this point.
4: Yeah, that's definitely the number one worry. I don't trust Oklahoma for anything, so it will, yeah. I guess we'll see, but who knows? Okay, Brad, we
1: we just used up almost all of our time, but let's go quickly on the, your second player, the the very quick version. The alarm is going to go off in a
4: second. I'll be super quick. Omer Yurtsevin, he's been starting for the Heat lately. Six. Dwayne Dedman's out, Bam's out. Six straight games with at least 12 boards. The last two he started, double-doubles. Not really a shot blocker, but one steal a game over his last six. To, to be super clear, he's probably just a short-term guy. Dedman's back probably in a week or so, but Bam's probably still out a little while. But I don't think you have to cut him even when Denman comes back because he was still getting double-digit rebounds. And I think at very worst, he could just be a rebounding specialist in deeper leagues with Denman back. They're not going to play him 36 minutes a night. So I I don't I don't think you should cut him anywhere uh, when Denman comes back. But when Bam does, likely will be a different story. But it could be a wait and see for a game or two, see how he... We're actually going back to that third string spot.
1: Yeah, I picked him up in a couple of leagues, and I've been happy with him. I, like you said, the, the, it'd be nice to get a few more blocks. I think he had a couple of two-block yeah. games recently, but he's also had some zero-block games, 0.7 blocks in those last six games. But overall, I mean, hard to argue with 13 rebounds per game during that stretch <laughs> and a steal, as you said. So I'm on board and just going to
4: ride it out. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I have him in a couple leagues, and like I said, worst-case scenario, I think he's a rebounding guy going forward if that's what you need. So... I'm sure he's he's probably still rostered in a bunch of leagues. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but he's probably available. So 48% of leagues he's available in, so he's likely available in yours. So go get him if you need some boards. All right, Brad,
1: appreciate it, man. Talk to you soon. All
4: right, thanks, Matt. See appreciate
1: you. it. Well, Jared, we're here, the final chapter of this episode. Once again, what do you have on your mind? Ah, uh, last night, Chris
5: Boucher. The swatter boy played with my emotions yet again. This is a man I have dropped and added about six times throughout all my leagues. Mm -hmm. He pulled in a career-high tying 19 rebounds to go with a season-high 28 points on 10 of 14 shooting, plus five triples, one steal, two swats, and zero turnovers in 38 minutes, which was also a career-high. This was encouraging because it came alongside pascal siakam siakam was back in action last night and he actually mm-hmm. got meaningful minutes but caveat right there's always a caveat <laughs> kem birch OG, always a caveat. anunobi <laughs> delano banton were all out as well as precious achua and scotty so. barnes
1: did you say barnes is scotty barnes his
5: name yeah scotty barnes also out <laughs> but <laughs> Over the past seven games, this man has been providing mid-round value, 15.9 points, 8.7 boards, 1.7 triples, 1.3 swats, and just 1.4 turnovers per game on 51.3% shooting from the field and 82.6% from the strike. Is this real? (laughs) Is is he finally going to be at least in the mid-20s, or am I clinging to false hope with a plethora of players in Detroit out of commission.
1: Uh, in Toronto. Yeah, I I think you're... You said Detroit. Oh, I Jesus. think you're... <laughs> I think it's both real and you're clinging to false hope, if that's possible. Because like, it's not like we've ever asked for that much from Nick Nurse when it comes to Chris Boucher. No one's asking for 35 minutes a game. Like you said, 25. Can we just shake hands on 25? You know? We'll all agree on it. We're all okay <laughs> with that. But it's just the lack of trust. I don't see why... Why would things change? You know, I so right. I think if you picked up Boucher, you owe it to yourself to see what happens when their roster is at full strength. But I think you have to be prepared for the possibility of the heartbreak that is coming, Jared, once they're once they're back. And I don't know. I don't know what Nick Nurse is playing to do. But it just seems like history has taught us that this guy does not want to trust Chris Boucher if he doesn't have to at this point.
5: That 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 unfortunately is quite the accurate statement. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's I'm gonna ride him while all these guys are out and probably hold him for
1: too long when they get back. <laughs> yeah, I mean look, once you see what it looks like, look what do the box scores look like the first after a couple games of Ananobian Barnes, etc. back, I think you'll have your answer pretty quickly. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Moving on to Golden State, Mr. Draymond Green is in yes. quarantine for at least this week. And I tried to watch last night's game to see who would benefit most, and it was kind of a mess, honestly. Draymond's kind of, kind of important to this team. It's not just, it's not just the defense. It's his playmaking. It's his yeah. energy. It's everything. So JTA got the start. Juan Toscano-Anderson, uh, but it wasn't amazing. Ten points, three boards, two assists, one triple, one steal, and one turnover. Otto Porter returned to the bench with Andrew Wiggins back in action, and pretty much a no-show, scoreless. 2 points, 2 assists, 3 steals, 26 minutes. Nemanja Bjelica, just 18 minutes, 5 points, 8 boards, 1 assist, 1 turnover. Sensing a theme here. <laughs> Iggy, 24 minutes, 1 point, 4 boards, 4 assists, and 3 turnovers. And lastly, Jonathan Kuminga, 17 minutes as a reserve, 9 points, 2 boards, and nothing else. 3 of 10 from the free throw line. Kind of seems like this is going to be a committee approach to filling Draymond's minutes. I was going to come on here and tell everyone how excited I was about JTA, but not so much the case. I would still, I suppose, (laughs) lean towards JTA. Now the Dubs do play two more times this week with games on Thursday and Saturday, which are both a little bit light on the game's schedule. So if you want to give JTA one more chance, you could. But (laughs) based on last night, it might just be kind of a, a committee approach where no one truly... Rises to the occasion,
1: yeah. JTA is always capable of an exciting box score, but I'll also say the other when I look at that game, Gary Payton, the second getting 29 minutes with Wiggins back and playing 31 minutes is officially intriguing to me.
5: Oh, I I absolutely love Gary Payton the second. I almost considered abandoning Trayvon talk to just hype him up. So that's a nice little closeout there. Yeah. So I'm not sure about any of these forwards. But Gary Payton has Gary Payton II has intrigued me all year long. He's he's wonderful with the steals. I think he has deep league value pretty much no matter what, and he's kind of earning trust in in Steve Kerr's eyes and getting real quality minutes in that rotation.
1: It seems that way. And Jared, you know what time it is. It's time for Raf's last word. Rafael Johnson is back. Raf, what's the what's the last word today? I guess my
2: last word is that I agree with Jared's statement on Gary Payton II. He's taken up a lot of the minutes that would normally go to someone like a Damian Lee uh, or some of those other deeper bench guys, and he's become a credible rotation player. So I'm a little bit intrigued to see what happens once Clay Thompson comes back. But even then, they're not going to give Clay too much of a workload early on, you know, in terms of giving him rest days and making sure he's okay for the playoffs because obviously their goal is to contend for and ultimately win a championship. Not so much win games in January and February. So I think Gary Payton, he's definitely a guy right. you should probably have right now, or at the very least, should really be interested in picking up.
5: Yeah, and I, I absolutely, particularly in Roto Leagues, where he's just racking yeah. up those steals constantly. I, I just, I I quite enjoy watching that man play and he is a wonderful addition to the dubs
1: all right that is gonna do it for us on this episode don't forget to subscribe on apple Podcasts, on spotify wherever you listen take a second to rate and review us as well we are here every monday through friday throughout the regular season i want to say thanks to everyone for listening and watching live and thanks to all of the writers for joining ryan brad raf jared thank you guys talk to you soon